Good afternoon. Chuck Morse here from The Morse Force, Monday through Friday, 12 noon. My guest is David Rubin. He's the former mayor of Shiloh in Israel. He is coming to us from Israel. He's also the author of, of the, his newest, his latest book, which is Trump and the Jews. I want to talk a little bit about that, David. But um, in the meantime, I want to start with the controversy around the American car the caravans coming in from Mexico and the comparison of those to the Palestinians. Um, would you or to, uh, you know, to Jewish refugees coming in from um, Europe during World War Two? Uh, obviously, an absurd comparison, but would you elaborate a bit on that? Okay, well, actually, that uh, uh, that that slight slip there and saying the Palestinians, that's a separate topic. Uh, the, we, we could discuss the, uh, the fraud of the Palestinian so-called refugees, but, but that, we could get to that. Uh, first, I think you, you were referring to this comparison uh, by the, the new uh, Congresswoman, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, from New York, who yes. uh, she's become the darling of the political left in America, and Democratic, the, the new Democratic Party. And she said that, well, she made a comparison between mm -hmm. the, the, the Jewish refugees from, uh, from, from Nazi Europe uh, during World War II and, and the migrant caravan, which it's just an obscene, obscene comparison because the, the, the migrant caravan uh, consists of, of thousands of people from Honduras and perhaps other countries in that area. And they're mostly about 80% about young males and they're they're coming just because they want to get into America. And some of them have have uh, pure motives. Some of them have very impure motives. Uh, but but there there certainly is no proof at all that any of them are coming to America to escape uh, persecution, to escape slaughter, uh, to to escape any any kind of uh, discrimination. What they're so, so when one makes a comparison to the Jews of Europe who, kept, who, who fled Europe because of the, the Nazis who, who were fleeing from Nazi concentration camps and death camps and, and no one or except the, the, you know, some loony fringe would, would have even questioned whether they, they were true asylum seekers. So the, to make a comparison like that is, is I can't say it any, any more simply than obscene. No, it's, 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 a, it's a gross insult, and it's, it's completely odious and wrong. And um, a recent U.S. Census survey indicates that 63% of um, immigrants in the United States are on welfare, which is costing us a fortune. And that's about 4.5 million families. So... You know, this is not the you know this this kind of moral equivalence is really bizarre, and and this particular congresswoman is just has proven to be really ignorant in so many areas. Anyway, so I don't even know if we should even discuss her. But the fact is, she does reflect a certain younger generation American, which is not uh, it's, it's kind of half baked ideas that. Um, 
that go out there and that have to be responded to because if they're not, they're very dangerous. They're allowed to sit out there. Right. Well, we have a, an obligation to point out ignorance. And if that ignorance is is based on just just uh, pure ignorance and belief in, in just uh, reciting this mantra of the far left, uh, then, you know, then then perhaps we can understand it and we can try to educate that person and, and uh, help her to understand what the real historical facts are. Uh, but if it comes from anti-Semitism or any other, any kind of bigotry, then I, I think it needs to be exposed and, and stopped in its tracks. So, uh, so that's why I pointed out and that's why I'm emphasizing this uh, because the, you just can't make a comparison like that uh, if, if an intelligent, educated person who knows who knows the history of America, who knows Jewish history, and who knows the history of the world. That's right, and I'm glad we're doing that. And um, I still think that most Americans understand the absurdity of that. Uh, David, the, um, what is the present situation in Israel with regard to the discovery of these terror tunnels uh, coming in from Lebanon? That, to me, is at least as troubling as the ongoing war against Israel emanating from Gaza. Um, can you give us an update on what's going on there? Well, Gaza has always been a hotbed in the, in the south, uh, to the south of Israel. And, uh, and yes, a few weeks ago, we were talking mostly about Gaza and, and the Hamas terrorist organization there and the rockets that they were firing. But everyone in Israel knows that that the while that may be a big problem for Israel and what and, and how it needs to be stopped, the the main problem, the main existential threat for Israel comes from Iran and the Iranian proxies and the, and the, the Iranian proxies are really all around the world and throughout the Middle East certainly, uh, but the Hezbollah terrorist organization which is ensconced in Lebanon and pretty much has, has made uh, Lebanon their state within a state. And they, they have 150,000 missiles pointed at Israeli cities as we speak right now. And that, that, that needs to be stopped. So, so that, that has, they've been building up that infrastructure, that offensive in infrastructure in Lebanon for quite a few years now. And what, what they've been doing recently in the past three to four years, it, they, they have been building tunnels. They, they learned from Hamas, only they do it better than Hamas because they're more heavily financed by Iran. And they're building terror tunnels underground into Israel, into the Galilee region in the north of Israel. And, and, and these are terror tunnels. Simply put, they are terror tunnels. They're, they're, they're designed to smuggle terrorists into Israel to launch terrorist attacks. So Israel has been watching them there. Our, our intelligence has been focused on that for quite some time now. And finally, the prime minister gave the order that the Israeli army should go in and, and uh, expose those tunnels and, and destroy those tunnels. So that's what's happening right now. It's it's an operation that began about a week ago. It is continuing. It will be continuing most likely for several weeks. 
we're still operating on the Israeli side of the border, uh, but before long we're going to be going into Lebanon, uh, underground perhaps, but certainly underground and perhaps overground a little bit too. Uh, an order just went out from the uh, Israeli political um, leadership that the Lebanese need to, Lebanese who live in those, so the civilians who live above ground from those tunnels should evacuate their homes. Which means that the Israeli army is going in full force to blow up those terror tunnels. As usual, Israel is trying to protect the civilians. Well, God willing, no, there won't be any loss in, in life generally, but certainly Jewish life, quite frankly, because as this is a, a natural, normal um, action of self-defense. You have people who are building tunnels for this express purpose of killing as many Jews as possible. You know, they want to, they've even said they want to occupy uh, the Galilee, which is, of course, Israel itself. And... Um, has the Lebanese government shown any inclination to help Israel in this regard? Well, at this moment, the Lebanese government, which is basically a figurehead, the Lebanese government doesn't have much power in Lebanon. They're pretty much controlled by Hezbollah. Uh, but the, uh, the Lebanese government has expressed uh, a desire to stay out of the conflict. Uh, they're, they're hoping that it won't erupt into a major conflict, which could happen. It's really up to the Hezbollah Islamic terrorist organization. If they choose to make an issue over this and they try to stop Israel from destroying those terror tunnels, uh, then it could turn into a major conflict or even war. Meanwhile, there is indication that Iran itself is teetering on collapse, um, thanks to, partially at least, thanks to President Trump's cancellation of that very bad treaty that was signed by Obama um, and other factors. It looks like the Iranian mullahs may be slipping in, in terms of holding control over their own country. What do you think is going on there? And do you think um, there might be some good news out of Iran in terms of moving toward a more civilized condition? Well, I, I know what's going on there. And, and uh, first of all, let me say this. Uh, President Trump's move to, uh, to end the American obligations of the Iran, Iran nuclear deal was a tremendous step, it was a tremendously courageous step and a, and a correct move uh, because he understood and understands, as Winston Churchill did, we were talking before about World War II, and, and as Roosevelt eventually came to understand, that when evil is confronting you, you need to stand up and, and you need to take a stand. So that what President Trump has done, you know, and, and one of my purposes for writing the book, Trump and the Jews, by the way, I should point out, is that I wanted people to understand that, that President Trump has been the best president for the Jewish people, the best president uh, strengthening that bond between the Jewish people, between Israel and the United States since Harry Truman. 
Yeah. And I mean, he doesn't get the credit for it that he deserves. And I, I believe that uh, the, it needs to be pointed out uh, from the moving of the American embassy to Jerusalem and the breaking off the, of the Iran nuclear deal and the reimposing of sanctions on the Ayatollahs in Iran. The, those are bold moves, and those, those are by a bold leader. And, and when you strengthen the relationship between Israel and the United States, you're strengthening not just Israel, you're not just helping Israel, and I'm not even talking about the intelligence uh, that Israel provides uh, to America as, as, as a bastion of freedom in the Middle East, uh, I, and I'm, I'm, but I'm talking about the, the values that connect our two countries and uh, the United States, which was bound, uh, that, that was built on, on, the, on the eternal values of Judeo-Christian civilization. And, you know, it's become politically incorrect to talk about Judeo-Christian civilization these days because, of course, supposed to say that all civilizations are equal, you know, the, in the age of global. Yeah. But, but the, the fact is that President Trump has wisely recognized that and putting an end to that Iran nuclear deal was a bold move and, and the reimposing of sanctions is causing havoc in Iran, internal havoc. And there, there, there was a lot of opposition, a lot of rebellion going on in Iran and and hopefully that will lead to uh, a change in policy. If it doesn't, uh, then it will at least weaken the regime in Iran and make it easier once we get to the point of direct conflict. Uh, your, book, your book, to bring that up here, is uh, Trump and the Jews. Um, and, and I totally agree with you. I mean, it's an objective observation that he's been the best president for Israel or for the Jews since Truman. Um, and yet you still have these hard-bitten old Jewish establishment types in the United States who are at the forefront of his enemies. They're the ones who are openly part of this cabal, what President Trump calls the deep state, and I think quite accurately, that, that not only want to stop him, but they want to take him out of office. They want to make sure the American people don't wake up to what he represents, which is, as you say, Judeo-Christian values, conservative values, values of freedom and ownership and prosperity and, and faith in God. Um, why is it that the Jews continue to be so implacably opposed to Trump, and how do they reconcile that with our faith? Yeah, well, let me let me explain it in, in a way so people really understand, because I've, I've been asked that question for years, and I, I decided finally, in writing Trump and the Jews, I decided I wanted to really explain it in a serious way. So the, the American Jewish community was mainly built in the early part of the 20th century uh, when, when Jews came in droves by, by, by the millions to the United States, from mostly from Eastern Europe, they came in poverty. They mostly came with a strong connection to their faith and their families, very strong traditional family values and faith values. And, they, and the American Jews came to America only wanting to work hard and be, be true Americans, to to build and contribute, and and they, they worked 
enormously long hours in, in wet shops in the Lower East Side of New York City, of Manhattan, and they, but 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 they didn't look at their poverty and and a lot of the discrimination. There was discrimination against the Jews when they came to America in the early 20th century, uh, but they didn't look at that discrimination as a, as a cause. Look at it as an excuse for days of rage, as as it's become known in America, uh, certain uh, segments of the American population, the Al Sharpton and you know, people like that. Um, they, they they said to their children, "You're going to go to school. You're going to work hard. You're going to learn hard, and you're going to succeed." And guess what? The American Jews in the sweatshops soon became the managers and the owners, and, and, but it was all a result of hard work. It wasn't a result of anything that was given to them. Right. And they, so the, the Jews eventually, through the decades, became uh, possibly the most successful uh, group in America in terms of financially, professionally. Uh, but the, the bottom line is that in order to achieve a lot of that success, they threw off their Judaic heritage and threw it to the side. They abandoned the conservative values that are integral with Judaism. And if anyone, you know, any, any, you know, if the Chuck Schumers and the Diane Feinsteins want to debate me on this, I'm happy to do so. But no, I think that you make a you, you make a very good thesis. I mean, they they threw off their Judaism. And they embraced ideas that would be quite anathema to the development of other people. I mean, in, in the empowerment of individuals who, who want to achieve. Um, David Rubin, um, how can people get your book, and where can they find out more information about you? Well, the first step is to just go on Amazon.com and type in Trump and the Jews. Very good. And they, they can get the book that way, and they can uh, yeah, read it over and, and learn from it. And, Excellent. And then, and then they can go to, to the website, davidrubinisrael.com, where they can find out about all my other books and, and uh, find out about what I'm involved in. Uh, basically, I wear two hats, Chuck. I don't know if you know the, uh, the There is... There is the uh, the hat that speaks about, tries to spread some truth out there about Israel, the Middle East, and Judeo-Christian civilization under attack. And and there is the other hat, uh, which uh, which arose from a terrorist attack when my three-year-old son and I were wounded by Islamic terrorists. And I, I established the Shiloh, or Shiloh as Americans would call it, Israel Children's Fund uh, to heal the trauma of the terror victim children and to restore some of the lost innocence of childhood for them. So, so you can get that information through the davidrubinisrael.com website uh, or they can go directly to uh, shilohisraelchildren.org. That's shiloh, S-H-I-L-O-H, israelchildren.org. Uh, they could find out about the, the, the Children's Fund there and they can also... Uh, go to davidrubinisrael.com and they can get information about my books 
and and they could also get to the link on on Amazon.com and, and from the Jews and any of my other books. Very good, David, and I'll put a link to that on the archive of the show. And um, I, I appreciate it. You've also written a very good book proposing. It's a rather novel idea, the um, a means to um, a road to citizenship for Palestinian Arabs, which I think is a very interesting proposal. And uh, David Rubin, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. Well, thank you, Chuck. It was good to be with you. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon. Okay. All right. And I'll send you a link, David.